following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. I would like to invite all the children who would like to come right up here. You can come and sit on the floor right around, right around me here. And uh, if you... Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. You're a little sticky. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I, um, if you want to have a grown-up or a parent come with you for this, you can. If you're sitting out there and want to come up but you're not quite sure, you can bring a friend with you. Uh, or you can just listen in your seats. So I'm going to um, ask you all some questions, and you can tell me what you think, okay? And then after this, Pastor Jesse's going to tell you about a fun activity that you can do, and I'm going to talk with the grown-ups for a little while. So... Um, I'm glad that you were all here, and I'm so glad that you're all part of Artisan Church. So, did, did, you, did you all have a good Christmas? Yes. yes. Let's see, if you had a good Christmas, give me a thumbs up. All right. I see a lot of thumbs up and one thumb sideways. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Um, how, how many people have a special food that they love to eat at Christmas? Yeah, Jackson, what's your favorite special food? Eating Christmas food. That's my favorite, too. Do you have a special, specific Christmas food? What about you, Ruby? Turkey. turkey. How many turkey people in the house? Yeah, we got some turkey lovers. What else? Uh, mac and cookies. cheese. Mac and cheese. Cookies. cookies. Christmas cookies. cookies. Who had a couple Christmas cookies? Yeah. Yeah. I think I had too many. I, I stepped on the scale, and it, it broke. You had a whole giant what? A whole giant can full. A whole giant can full of cookies? When you're starting to measure the cookies by the can full? <laughs> Gingerbread houses? You made one? 10,000? That's how many cookies you had? 60,000? Wow. I don't know what's going on in your oven, but you must have a big one. So what about favorite songs? Does anybody have any favorite songs you get to sing at Christmas? Yeah, go ahead. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. Bells, jingle. Yeah, go ahead. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Ruby? Your favorite Christmas song? Oh, forgot. What about you? You're a Jingle Bells person, too. How many Jingle Bells people we have out there? Yeah, Jingle Bells is pretty good. Yeah, what's your favorite one? You also like Jingle Oh, I see. You're raising your hand. Yes. What's up? Uh, deck the Halls. Deck the Halls. Yeah. Feliz Navidad. So I have a story about Feliz Navidad. My family went on a really long car trip this, this past week. And you know how you get kind of bored in the car? And you start to get a little like, oh, I want to get out of the car. The way we passed the time was we all sang Feliz Navidad really loud. All of us. It was, well, it might not sound funny, but I promise it was. <laughs> what about favorite decorations? Do you have some favorite Christmas decorations? Holly. Holly. Wow. What do you think? Me, um, a Captain America costume. You have a Captain America Christmas tree ornament maybe? The first Noel. I love that one, too. What about you? 
the Christmas tree is your favorite decoration. That's pretty cool. You get to bring a tree in your house. Okay, quick poll. How many people have a real live tree in their house? How many people have a boring old fake tree in their house? Yep. We got boring last year for the first time ever. What's that? Rainbow lights? Yeah, those are great. You had your first Christmas when you were a baby? Wow. Kind of like Jesus, right? All right, last, last question for this part. Now, I can't take an answer from everybody, but maybe one or two people could tell me your favorite Christmas present that you got this year. Oh, everybody wants to answer that one. It's not even fair. How about we let some people who haven't answered yet answer a question? Yeah, go ahead, Colton. Uh, a bike. A I got a bike. bike. I remember when I got a bike for Christmas. Was a Hatchimal? I can't believe I pulled that, but I did. American Girl Doll and an American Girl Doll horse. Yes, Peter, go ahead, tell me. You got a Leia dress for Christmas? Whoa! How many people are jealous of Peter's Leia dress? <laughs> I am. Yes. All right, last one, Jackson. I'm sorry, I didn't get you this. You got a Captain America present? I am sensing a theme in your house. <laughs> yes, Ruby. I got a nightgown with princesses and Ariel on it. A nightgown with princesses and Ariel on it? Whoa. Yes, you can tell me one more thing. What's that? Oh, wow. Yes, Ollie, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, should, I should turn this way so I can see you a little better. A, you got a, what now? A cat. A cat? You got a cat for Christmas? Can anybody top a cat? I think. Oh. You already have a cat. Wow. So tell me this. Who's a little bit sad that Christmas is over? Is anybody kind of sad that Christmas is over? Yeah. How many of you have already started packing up your Christmas decorations? Like any ornaments going back into the box, maybe up into the attic? <laughs> okay, one at, a, one at a time. You already put your Christmas dishes away? What about you, Arlo? Do you put some Christmas decorations away already? So what's... The, what, if Christmas is over, we won't get to sing any more of those fun songs. And we don't get to have any of that special food anymore. How many people have to... Guess. Uh, actually, Jingle Bells isn't really a Christmas song. You can sing it to the whole That is a very <laughs> good point. That's singing about riding in a one-horse open And you can do that all winter long, can't you? Good news, everybody. You can sing Jingle Bells all winter long. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> and wait, how many people... How many people have to go back to school? <laughs> You're never gonna? Oh. Yes, Ruby? You're going back to your school? You are? So Christmas comes and goes, doesn't it? And 
You know, birthdays I found, I found are kind of like that too. Have you ever had a birthday? How many have had a birthday before? You notice how you're having... <laughs> All right, everybody, everybody look at me. Without talking, show me with your fingers how old you are at your last birthday. Okay, yeah. So birthdays kind of come and go. That's awesome. <laughs> you kind of get all excited, and then you have this special day, and then it's all over. Huh. You're four. Do you want to know something interesting? All right, hey, we are almost done, and then you have your fun activity. So I have a couple more things I want to talk to you about. Can you give me your good attention while I'm doing that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Try to mock me, man. You hurt my feelings. You heckle me worse than my dad. <laughs> Did you know something interesting? In church, Christmas isn't over yet. Isn't that cool? <laughs> well, see the, the Christmas trees and the presents and all that fun stuff, all the reindeer and the Santa Claus, all of that stuff is Christmas. That's one thing. But in church, we talk about Christmas, and it's even more than that because it's Jesus' birthday. You know that, right? Jesus gets a lot of parties. Maybe God has a birthday party every day. It's interesting you should say that. That's exactly what I want to talk about. Could you imagine if we thought about the idea that Christmas lasted all year long? Don't worry, not the songs part necessarily. Not all the, maybe not all the sugary foods. Maybe not the presence every single day, but if we thought about the fact that Jesus came and is close to us all year long, wouldn't that be wonderful? Do you know that in church, something else is kind of weird, every single Sunday of the year is a feast day. Do you know what a feast is? What's a feast? A lot of food. And turkey? We have turkey at our Christmas feast, sometimes in our Thanksgiving feast, but in the church, we have a feast every single Sunday, and it's right here on this table. It's communion. We think about, uh, of that as a feast that God invites us to all year long. So what if we celebrated Jesus' birthday all year long? What if we gave special presents to each other all year long? What if we had a feast every single day? What if we sang special songs every day all year long? What if we remembered... What if we remembered that God was close to us every day, all year long? What if you were four all day long? What if you were four all year long? <laughs> Did you want to ask me something? Do you I do remember our last Palm Sunday. Yeah, that, was my birthday. that was your birthday? Wow, that was a special day. You have cake for Jesus on Christmas? How many people have cake for Jesus on Christmas? What is it? Communion. It's communion. You are a theologically minded young person. Thank you. So I want to ask you one more question, okay? What are some ways that you and I and all of us can show God's love to other people every day? What's something that we could do to show God's love to people? What? To feed somebody, that's a way to show no, God's love. love. To give love. What about you, Ruby? What do you think? Pray for him. Praying for people is a way to show people God's love. 
giving presents, even if they're not special Christmas presents, that's a way to show God's love, isn't it? Anybody else have an idea? Yeah. Giving food to people who are in need. Yes, absolutely. What do you think? And if, if babies are like blind, you have to like give them cake because you want, if they want cake. <laughs> you, you just said that if babies are crying, you have to give them cake? <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> I think... All right, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put my hand up. Can you see my hand up? That would be really fun. Thank you, kids, for your great help. Can you give the kids a hand for all their help with uh, helping us think about Christmas all year long? So, the activities that they have are uh, relatively quiet activities, but I I still think it might be hard to do like a traditional sermon. Uh, in this room for the next few minutes. So what I want to do instead is uh, engage with Scripture in a different way that is going to involve some, like, sharing with your neighbor, right? Which some people, when I say sharing with your neighbor, you're like, oh, goody, I haven't done that in, like, two days. I haven't shared with my neighbor. I love doing that. And other people are like, where's the coffee stand? Because I'm going to pour myself a very long coffee. I understand I am mostly in the latter group, except when I'm leading an activity like this. So um, just know that I commiserate if you're not like, necessarily in love with the idea of sharing with your neighbor. It'll start out kind of lighthearted, and we'll get a little bit deeper at the end. So we're going to make it a little bit more comfortable by not having just one person next to you. I want you to share with your whole row, basically. And people in the row, I want you to be sensitive to those who maybe don't want to share And if you have to say pass, that's okay. Nobody will, I promise, nobody will criticize you for that. And um, so let's give it a try and see how it happens. Okay, so the first thing that I want you to share is a little bit of an icebreaker. I want you to tell your row or your group, you can turn the chairs around, mess the whole room up, it's fine. I want you to tell each other about your favorite piece of clothing ever. All right, can I tell you mine before you go? My favorite piece of clothing ever was... uh, a pair of black Air Jordan 6s. Not the reissue, kids. I'm talking about the 1991 black Air Jordan 6 with the, uh, the little plastic heel pull on the back and the, the, heel, the tongue had two like square holes in it that you could pull up. And I swear to you, I put those shoes on and I could jump two inches higher. I thought... It probably wasn't true, but that's what I thought. So my favorite thing, my favorite piece of clothing ever was a pair of Air Jordans. And now you can share with your group or your row what was your favorite piece of clothing ever. And maybe if you have a little extra time before I call you back to the next one, what did that piece of clothing say about you? We don't need to go into what that piece of clothing said about me, but maybe you could share that with your group. All right? So go ahead and talk with your row about that for just a minute. All right. I'm going to call you to the next question in just about one minute. So if you haven't shared yet, go ahead and share. All right, let me have your attention again. Some of you really like talking about clothing. (laughs) All right, I want to do this. If you are the person who had the member of your group with the most outrageous piece of clothing, you know who you are. 
I want you to share it with the whole congregation without telling us which person in your group owned that piece of clothing. Right. So who is it? I know you're, there's one of you who's going like, yep, it's us. In the whole group. Well, you just know. If, you know if you, you can probably take the prize here for the whole congregation. There's nobody who had an outrageous piece of clothing that made you go, uh-oh. Yes. Oh, no, it's bad, good. Fabulous. A vintage Monty Python t-shirt with John Cleese on it. That is, that takes the cake in artisan. It sure does. Awesome. Oh, we got another one. Pajamas and a robe. Pajamas and a robe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, uh, yes, that would be very comfy. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get my jammies on after service today and fall asleep watching whatever football game is on. All right, so we, we unfortunately can't share more than that because we have a lot to get through. So, um, I want to read to you today's text, and it's one of the lectionary texts. It's a beautiful passage of scripture, and we're going to talk about that with each other, similar to how we just talked about the clothing, and maybe you'll see why I chose that question in a second. So this is Isaiah 61, verse 10, and I'm going to read through to 62, verse 3. If you'd like to follow along in your red Bibles, uh, that's page 604. You can just listen to me read it, though, if you wish. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations." For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. So, That first verse says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. I want you to get honest with each other now. You don't have to go into any detail. But I want you to share with each other how true is that statement for you today. And I want you to know this is a safe space for you to say it's a 1 out of 10 right now. Rejoicing and exulting is just not where I am. And uh, it's okay if you are sitting next to a, a, someone who says 1 out of 10 and you're a 10 out of 10. Um, we are in community with each other and our realities are different at different times. So, the statement, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my whole being shall exult in my God. How true is that for you? Scale of 1 to 10. And um, don't forget, you can pass on the question if you wish. But this should only take like 30 to 40 seconds. So go ahead and share with each other in your row or your group. All right, so if we put all those numbers together, added them all up, and divided by the number of people who answered, we'd have like an average, an artisan average on December 31st, 2017. How much rejoicing and exulting are we doing right now? And the truth is that that fluctuates sometimes, doesn't it? So... The speaker in this passage, the narrator, if you will, 
has a reason for rejoicing in the Lord and goes on to say what it is. For, which is just a way of saying there, because, right? I will rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God because He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. We have a lot of people getting married in the next year at Artisan. So if you are invited to these weddings, you will probably see bridegrooms adorned and brides decked out. Maybe not jewels, maybe not garlands, but you know, our equivalent. What would it mean to be clothed in that special way? But not, not literally with clothing, but with this spiritual adornment that God clothes us with salvation and righteousness. What would that mean to you? And then, you can talk about that for a minute. I want you to think about how true is that for you today? And maybe connect your number with rejoicing and exulting to the idea of how much you feel like you are actually clothed with righteousness and salvation. Maybe you're not a religious person at all and someone dragged you in this room today and you're like, I don't even really know what that means. That's okay too. So share with your group, uh, what would it mean to be clothed with righteousness and salvation? Maybe you can help each other understand that. And then, do you feel like that is true for you today? All right? Go ahead and answer those questions. All right, this one's a little deeper, might take you a little longer to answer, so I want to make sure everybody's getting a chance to share. If there's someone being long-winded, please stop (laughs) and give somebody else a chance. I didn't mean everybody has to stop. I just mean make sure that someone in your group hasn't shared yet gets a chance to if they want to. All right, maybe about 30 more seconds here. All right, let's try to move on to our next question here. So, I asked you to think about whether it feels true for you today that you're clothed with righteousness and salvation. I want to give you a chance now for a moment of silent reflection where you don't share with your neighbor. Some of you are like, finally, (laughs) right? I want you to think about what might keep you true, or what might keep you from knowing that that is true about you, that you are clothed with righteousness and salvation. What might be the impediment, the barrier for you right now if you don't feel that? If you do feel it, maybe think about a time when you didn't feel it. What was the barrier for you then? I'm going to give you just about a minute of, you know, silence-ish to think about that. What is your barrier to knowing the truth that you are clothed with righteousness and salvation? You know, at the end of this passage... We hear this promise. You shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. It's a pretty rare thing for us to change our names nowadays. Sometimes we get a nickname. Sometimes people change their name when they get married. But pretty much we go through life for the most part with the same name. And I wonder what it might feel like for you to imagine being called by a totally new name. 
that whatever baggage comes with being who you are and who you have been and the experiences that you have had, whatever might be weighing you down, whatever shame there might be, whatever pain there might be, whatever struggles there might be, how does it feel to imagine having a totally new name given to you by the God of the universe? The truth is, some of you might be thinking, I'm, I like me. I don't really want to change who I am. And that might be because you are in a harmonious place with the God of the universe already. And it might be, honestly, because you are resisting the change that God wants to bring about in your life. And some of you, others of you are thinking, sign me up. I want that new name like yesterday because this one has been nothing but trouble. I want to give you one last image to think about in this text. It's the very last sentence in the passage. It says, You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. So this God who clothes you with righteousness and salvation, this God who gives you a new name thinks of you as the adornment. God clothes you in new clothes, but you are the sign of God's beauty to the whole world. You are the crown on God's head. That is a truth that I believe is for each one of you and for me as well. And it can be hard to imagine for some of us, given all that we've been through, all that we've done, all that we've left undone, all that we've said, all that we've left unsaid, it can be very hard for us to imagine that we are a sign of God's beauty to the world. But when you are given a new name, when you are clothed with the garments of God's righteousness and salvation, that's exactly the gift that you are given. You become a crown of beauty. So in a moment we'll pray and we'll take communion together and we'll sing a couple of more songs. But I want you to try to put together these ideas. The idea that I talked about with the children of observing Christmas all year round and of giving God's gifts to those in your world every day with the idea that we've just talked about of being clothed in a new way, of being covered in the garments of salvation and righteousness and of becoming a crown of beauty on God's own head. Those two ideas can connect for us here at this feast. We do observe the feast of Holy Communion every Sunday when we are together. Whether you are hungry or full, this food is for your soul. And I invite you to come and take the bread, remembering Christ's body which is broken for you, dipping it in either the wine or the juice, remembering Christ's blood which is shed for the forgiveness of sins. And you can take that all at once right here at the table into your own body. And it's that act that unites you with Christ and with each other. It's that act that truly solidifies us as the body of Christ. And it's a little bit like celebrating the feast of Christmas all year round.
So, as the band comes, I will pray, and then we will celebrate communion together. Gracious God, we are thankful to you today for your many blessings. We are grateful for the miracle of being adorned with garments of righteousness and salvation when we were people who desperately needed to be saved. We are astonished at the idea that we might actually be clothing of beauty for you, a crown and adornment that shows your love to the world. We pray that this feast that we celebrate now would be a first step for some of us in faith, a next step for some of us in living our faith, and a chance for all of us to bring the love and peace of Christmas into the world around us by bringing it first into our own bodies and souls. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now there will be a member of the prayer team at the back of the room if you'd like to receive personalized prayer. Our artisan has an open table, which means you are all welcome to come. Let's continue to sing and worship God in this way. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.